Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle on Comfort TV. Uh, this is our eighth episode now, rapidly approaching the double digits. So if you're just starting here, make sure to visit viewpointsonline.org or search for the Viewpoints Network on Anchor FM or Spotify and check out our other episodes. My name is Tim. Apparently, I am the one and only. Macy. <laughs> Um, I'm the multimedia editor, uh, the host of Way Too Many Podcasts, and uh, the self-destructive holder of uh, at least three more ideas. Mm-mm. I don't so, know how you do it. Uh, one, one day, I'm hoping one day I can get paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you, Tim. I am Leo Cabral, they, them pronouns. I am the editor-in-chief of Viewpoints. I am a queer, transmasculine, non-binary, multimedia journalist, and I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's press week. We just got another paper out. Mm-hmm. That's so. that's out October 21st. Go check it out all over campus and at the eight Riverside Public Libraries. We keep saying, orange boxes, they're bright. We know you see them. They're just slightly below eye level, so maybe that's why people don't tend to catch them and <laughs> you just yeah. you just you just blew their minds you just gave them the red pill <laughs> <laughs> they're just like oh my god wait i have to look down there's oh things, dang there's Newspapers. things down there <laughs> but yes if you if you don't read if you don't start picking up those papers i am going to be personally offended do you want to hurt my feelings <laughs> i would never hurt your feelings tim <laughs> all right tim what have you been watching i am watching chucky um USA. I mentioned last week that USA and Sci-Fi just started a TV series in the same continuity of the uh, the main Seven Child's Play movies, not the dumb-sounding reboot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, quite honestly, it's everything I could ever want. It's, it's only two episodes in. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with Chucky, here's just a real quick recap. So Charles Lee Ray was a serial killer, and he was shot by a police detective. Right before he died, he performed a voodoo ritual and bound his soul to a red-headed Cabbage Patch-style doll called a good guy. Uh, He initially wanted to escape this body and find the new human vessel. uh, His his first target was his uh, six-year-old first owner, Andy Barclay. It's honestly one of the weird things that kind of made me attached to that so much because usually, like, you know, in in slasher movies, your your hero is going to be the is going to be a college person or a high school person or something. But I, I, I was, it was really refreshing to a, a six-year-old child and his middle-aged yeah. mother was the, was the, uh, were, were the heroes of the story. Yeah, I honestly love Child's Play for the fact that, you know, the kid is the protagonist and, you know, there's a, do- a knife-wielding doll chasing you. <laughs> Who's, who's honestly like this? Aside from the fact that he's a serial killer, he's just kind of a jerk and a scumbag. Like he's, he's just... so funny. He's just a, <laughs> he's just a, a, yeah, big jerk. He's just he's got a fun personality. And so yeah, and then the series eventually kind of went off the rails. There were there were three movies. There was one where Andy's mom was dealing with Chucky. There was one where Andy and his babysitter were dealing with Chucky. And there was a third one where Andy went to military school. And Chucky went to go find him there. Oh my goodness! And hey, also eventually, don't forget Chucky's bride or bride of Chucky. Yeah, I was. About, and I was. I was seed. Yeah, I was. I was about to say yeah. Then the the series kind of really flew off the rails because uh, <laughs> because yeah, he eventually gets married to another doll named <laughs> Tiffany, played by uh, Jennifer Tilly. Okay, but I honestly love Bride of Chucky so much. It's been a long time, but I remember loving that movie too. And I also love uh, Seed of Chucky, where uh, he has a child. It's so weird. It gets off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So this particular entry in the franchise, I actually, uh, there's two more movies, uh, Curse and Cult, 
which I actually haven't gotten around to yet. I haven't seen those. Yeah, they're they're around. I, I know I have at least Curse on Blu-ray because I bought a, a Child's Play box set. Oh, look at you. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I haven't. And that was before Cult of Jockey came out. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I still haven't gotten around to those two. I hope to at least before Halloween because I'm like really super in the mood for like slasher movies right now. Me too. And after Halloween kills, I'm in the mood for good slasher movies. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh. Honestly, Halloween kills isn't that bad. At least in its first half, it's really fun. But we're not here to review that. You can listen to 6x6 Theater if you want to hear my thoughts on on uh, Halloween Kills. Uh, this particular show, though, it centers around a kid named uh, Jake Wheeler who lives in Hackensack, New Jersey, with his alcoholic, abusive, and homophobic father. And yeah, oh. uh, Jake is gay. It oh. takes them a frustratingly long time to actually come out and say that for whatever reason. I hate... Okay, so not to like... In the middle of this, I hate when I, I don't know what the middle ground is, but I hate when they delay the coming out or the outing or like just the revealing. But it's uh, there's also this other thing where it's like, oh, I don't want them to just automatically be like, hey, throw it in your face. This this person's gay. Like, where's I don't know where the, the middle ground is, because, you know, gay people are humans. And it's like, how do we introduce this like a normal, not a normal, but like, how do we introduce the this premise? Like we introduce any other person or, or character that we introduce in, in media. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a little weird because honestly, I, I, I do admit, though, like it's it's it's, it's I have to watch it again. To really, to really like to not, having the knowledge that I now have, mm-hmm. um, it could just be on me that maybe I just didn't clock it right away. Because uh, when they first bring up the fact that Jake is gay, it's more uh, the, the 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 thing, the things that because it's his cousin, his his cousin is messing with him a little bit, kind of kind of needling him. And um, I've been watching you know sitcoms and movies from the '80s and '90s for so long that when you know, homosexuality comes up like that, I just kind of automatically think, oh, this is just like frat boy horseplay. Like there he's mm. he's 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 trying to like he's he's poking him by suggesting that he might be gay, which is always a gross attitude. Yeah, course. you know, guys are always like, haha, you're gay. And um and yeah, like about like about like a quarter of the way through the episode, finally they actually do come out with like, oh, okay, so he actually so Jake actually is gay and that's a mm. thing that exists. And well and it's not it's not and to and to the and to their credit, it's not dropped like a big bombshell. It's not his defining characteristic uh, we'll get to his defining characteristic in a second oh boy um, uh-huh. <laughs> um but um yeah it's 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 pretty it's it, it, was, it was kind of interesting the way they the way they the way they put there to say the least mm-hmm. so so yeah he lives with his uh jackass dad and he likes to collect old dolls to use to make these like terrifying sculptures he's kind of like a he's kind of like a like super troubled goth kid Sounds like me and my younger, my 18-year-old sibling. We, <laughs> my 18-year-old sibling, when they were like a really young, like early teen to mid-teens, they would start getting into like monster movie makeup effects and stuff. Like they That's would just cool. do that for the fun of it, and I love them for that. They're so artistic, and yeah. And let me, not, I'm gonna stop talking, bragging about my my sibling now. But yeah, I feel it. I relate to this kid. So Jake finds an old good guys doll. At the at a, at a yard sale, gets it for gets it for a decent price. And actually, one of my favorite little things is that um, is that you know he 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 kind of haggles with the lady for a second, and then um, and then and then and then, he, and, he, and then he takes the Chucky home, and the lady's just kind of like looking over her thing, and there's like a there's like a there's like a knife block right next to it, and she looks down and she's like, huh, that's funny. 
Someone stole the butcher knife. Oh no! <laughs> it just kills me. I love it. Where would he hide that butcher knife? On uh, his in his tiny overalls. They, 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 they. Yeah, he. I, oh. appara- apparently, Jake didn't realize, but yeah, Chucky tucked it into his overalls. The fact that his overalls are even. Oh, well, the, Chucky's kind of a big doll, so I guess he's 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 big and he's expensive. He's got kind of a. For anybody unfamiliar, he's got like a. Um, he's like a little animatronic. He's kind of like a. I I I, I, I likened him to a Cabbage Patch Kid, but he's actually more like a Teddy Ruxpin. Mm. He's got he, he's got kind of like an animatronic face. And you so know they've scary. all they've all got their own names, Ugh. yeah. And uh, this particular good guy, of course, it's revealed that he is everybody's friend to the end, Chucky. <laughs> uh, so one thing is, uh, the death toll in this show is actually pretty low. Uh, there, it, it 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 seems like because it's on basic cable and not like HBO or something. Right, uh, right. They, I, I guess I guess maybe there were like certain concessions that had to be made. So uh, there's only been one murder per episode. It's only 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 one only one person dies. It's, it's usually a fun death. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it, but man, I would not have called what happens at the end of episode one. Oh my God, I need to watch <laughs> this. Ever since you mentioned it, it's been on my mind. Yeah, Ch- Chucky's all about his attitude and his humor. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not like, he's not like Freddy or Jason or Michael where, you know, he's this super-powered, ultra-competent serial killer. I mean, I think Charles Lee Ray was probably good at his murdering. Right. But now that he's in a doll that weighs, you know, like a pound. <laughs> if even that. Maybe um, a couple pounds. Yeah, he's... Um, you gotta get creative. He's not... He's, he's not... He's, he's, he's not so good at it. It's very inconvenient. And that honestly has always been like the source of humor for Chucky. Is that yeah. He has to, he has to, he has to trip people, and he has to push people, and he has <laughs> yeah. to. A, a lot of his, a lot of his murders actually tend to be a little more manslaughtery than actual straight up murder. <laughs> like there's actually, there's actually the 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 kill in, in episode two. It, 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 we're definitely in the in a gray area between murder and manslaughter. That's, I don't, I, I shouldn't say that's funny. Um. <laughs> honestly, I mean, it, it's dark as hell, but. It's it, it it's it's pretty funny. Dark humor, love it. Very. Um, and also, one thing that's really funny in this show too is that it kind of like it, 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 it's very funny. It's it it one hundred percent. Um, it reminds me a lot of the uh, the Karate Kid series that they put out, uh, Cobra Kai. Ooh. It kind of puts out this. It, it, it kind of has this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take the canon somewhat seriously, but we're also going to acknowledge that yes, this was a campy property. And we're gonna have some fun with the idea. So it's a very, it's a very funny, very jokey show. It's almost, it's honestly almost like a, honestly almost like a dramedy, hmm, rather okay. than rather than a straight horror show. And it likes to subvert your expectations. Uh, one of my, one of the funniest things in the world to me. Um, and we'll talk in a second about how maybe it puts us in a weird gray area. Uh, but um, Chucky is very tolerant. He's a very tolerant little guy, Chucky. Um, there's actually a scene in episode two. Uh, where you know something bad happens to Jake at school, and uh, Chucky's sitting on the bed, and he they kind of bond for a second. Yeah. Um, he d- because uh, yeah, and I and I appreciate too that a lot of people don't like Seed of Chucky, but I appreciate that we kind of they in a way that actually is is organic and makes sense. They kind of they kind of bring up it's like ah oh, you know you know and and and, and the, the way Chucky puts it is you know I got a queer kid and 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 you think hang on what and then you realize oh yeah he does because Glenn slash Glenda. From um, from from Cedar Chucky is 100% gender fluid. He even like Chucky even uses that word that he's gender fluid, and Jake's like, and you were okay with it? And he's like, well, you know, I, I grew up in a different time. I was uh, took a little getting used to, but I don't have a problem. Oh my god! See, I love Chucky. Okay. Oh my god, that is so cool. So I have seen this scene out of context, obviously, but you know, on the internet because everybody is going wild over that mm-hmm. bit. So I've seen that bit, and I'm like. 
this is is this a joke? Is it's it like so, is this real? <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, and and you know, Chucky is obviously he's a murderer. I mean, yeah. And there's, 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 a, there's another scene too. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier today, where um, one of the one of the uh, there's there's a there's, there's some there's there's somebody who's uh, bullying Jake, mm-hmm. and um, Chucky decides that she needs to die. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna Me about he's my gonna, best friends. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna yeah he's gonna he's gonna kill her. There's actually there's actually this really there's actually this really fantastic um scene where. Um, there, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a sex scene happening on the bed with the, with, with the, with the girl, with the girl and her boyfriend and Chucky is under the bed trying to, uh, trying to, trying to stab her through the mattress. That's the context of that scene. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For anybody, obviously anybody outside of viewpoints, um, I, there's a, there's, there's a partner. It's all, it's almost, it's almost like slapstick and actually it kind of, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of a, it kind of reminds me of like a, like a, almost like a, like a dance break in a musical number and like, in like, in like a Broadway musical. Um, or like a, like a golden age musical movie. Um, yeah, Chucky's trying to stab her, and they're like obviously they're having sex in the bed, so they're like rolling around, and like he keeps missing. And then and then at the end, someone bursts into the room, and they both sit bolt upright, and he, and, he, and he misses it, and they run out of the room. And Chucky is like super frustrated, and he's got one of his hands up on like the rigging underneath the mattress, and the other hand has the other hand has the butcher knife in his hand, and he just like leans his head back in a super exhausted way, and just says, "Oi." <laughs> And I posted that in our uh, viewpoints um, Discord, saying this sums up my feelings most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I just got that as a still frame, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I kind of feel it, I kind of don't. Um, but yeah, so so that so that so that, that that was a little bit of a digression. But yeah, so there, there's 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 a part he's he's trying to get that murder done, mm-hmm. and he's waiting for his opportunity, and um, he had stowed away. But didn't stow away. He actually, he actually, he actually tried. He actually put. It, it's, it's Halloween night, and he put on. He put on. He put on like a Hello Kitty mask, and he and he and he traveled across the town, <laughs> pretending to be a trick or treater. <laughs> and he finds his way to see the party. And while he's waiting for his opportunity to murder, um, he is um, he he's uh, we, 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 we 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 go to a scene where we see there's uh some there's 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 two figures and they're playing or we don't see anybody there. We just see the screen and they're playing this like violent zombie killing video game or something. And, House of um, the Dead, maybe I'm not or sure. Or House of a Thousand. I can't it, it might. It might not even have been real. Because oh. I know. Because I know sometimes they'll just. They'll just. They'll just. They'll just put up. Oh, here's just a game with violent stuff happening. The, 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 gra- the graphic. The graphics weren't great, so it's possible. It's probably fake. <laughs> and I, and actually, probably wasn't House of the Dead. I think House of the Dead is a uh, rail shooter. This was. A, this was actually like a first person. Oh. An actual first-person shooter. Okay. It definitely wasn't back for blood either, because I'm obsessed with that game. Right <laughs> I would know it when I see it. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it's revealed that Chucky, that Chucky is um, that Chucky is like sitting is is, is like sitting next to this little girl, who is uh, the girl he's trying to kill. It's her uh, her like uh, her sister, who's in some way she's on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And he's just playing. He's just hanging out. He's just hanging out and playing a violent video game with her. And and she's like, "Wow, you're really good at this, Chuck." And he's like, "Yeah, thanks. You're good at it. You're good at it too." That is so cute and wholesome. What the hell? <laughs> it's so. W- and this is coming out of Chucky, a murderer. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of where we get into a little bit of hazy, weird territory because Chucky, he's not a good guy. He's a murderer. Mm. He's a murderer. I'm pretty sure back in the '80s movies, he was kind of racist too. You know, he's a, he's 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 a jerk. He's a yeah. villain, hundred percent. Yeah. And so it's a little weird. We're we're getting into weird territory, having Chucky act like a good person sometimes because it's like they're making excuses for him or trying to make him 
more like like just saying it's like oh well, aside from the murders he's a good guy <laughs> um it, we, and like humans are more complex and nuanced than that you know i, I don't know like oh he's a good guy he just kills people i guess <laughs> i but but it just all, all the things chucky's done over the course of the series he's the, a pretty bad guy you know he constantly trying to kill a child or possess a child mm-hmm. you know and and, and and even just like in his, their body and even just in his personal life i'm pretty sure he ditched his wife and child <laughs> You know, yeah. he's not he's not he's not a good guy and it's kind of weird having him like be a good like having him do these like super wholesome it's very funny seeing him do these super wholesome things. So he's nice to ki- to gay kids or queer kids and kids on the spectrum. I mean, I mean I guess it's, he has to be nice to somebody, it's, right? It's it's fair, I guess. Yeah. It's, I guess it, it, it's I I I I kind of think about it for a second and I'm like this is a little this is a little odd because he's uh because because he's a killer. It's like it's like it's like if suddenly it's 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 like it's like it's like if suddenly like Michael Myers brought somebody a bouquet of roses or something. Like it's like <laughs> It, it, it's it's a little it's a little bit odd considering he's a movie serial killer. Yeah. But at least from where I'm sitting right now, it serves as like a really fun, you know, on the nose to the rafter, like middle finger to like intolerant and bigoted people by saying, yeah, even Chucky's a better person than you. Ooh, welcome to 2021, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so just to wrap this up, because I have been at this for a while. Um, I am really liking what I'm seeing, and I'm just so happy to see my favorite horror villain. Like again, people really give me crap. For, for 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 saying it, Chucky's my favorite. He just, I just, I can't help it. He is, you know. Michael's great. Freddy's great. Leatherface is great. They you know, all follow a formula, though. They're all they're all fantastic. But just Chucky is just so different, and he's got so much more personality than anybody else. Exactly. And the, the fact that he actually has personality is the thing. Yeah, it, it, that's that's the, him and him and Freddy pretty much are the only oh, yeah. ones that actually that actually like can get into stuff. And mm-hmm. and honestly, like let's just be real. Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, same person. Well, Jason. The Jason movies were the what is it the Friday the Thirteenth movies were like direct ripoffs from the Halloween movies. You know, the, mm. they were like, oh, that's doing good. Let's do it. They're yeah, they're they're yeah, but the, those two, they're I mean, they're they're, they're both they both they both end up on Mount on the Mount Rushmore of slashers. But they're the mm-hmm. they're the they're the same character. Yeah, they're basically the one's more gory than the other. Yeah, it, yeah, and oh, oh yeah, let's but yeah, but it, it didn't talk about um the Halloween kills. And I, oh, they are they, they are they are equally gory. No, you're right. The newer the newer <laughs> remakes of Halloween have been pretty pretty nasty gory. So. Oh, it's gross. And Halloween Kills is even grosser than the 2018 one. I need to watch these. Oh, it is it is it is nasty, yeah. unnecessarily nasty. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm just so happy to see my favorite horror villain back in his original form. Look, Mark Hamill's great. I love Mark Hamill. I'm a Star Wars fan, but he's not Chucky. Mm. Brad Brad Dourif is the only per- I, I I hate to be that guy, but Brad Dourif is the only person I will accept as Chucky. <laughs> he kills that part. He's having the time of his life in this show. He is so like there's there's a there's a there's a part where he's like where he's like talk but he's he's pretending to be a trick or treater and he's like like pumping this lady for information and he's pretending to be a child and he's just like so and he's just like if you tell me what I need to know. I'll give you a treat, you know. He's just like, <laughs> and it's just funny because like he obviously has way too deep a voice to be a child, right? <laughs> but so the lady like, is not what? picking up on it at all. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's like Brad Dourif is having the absolute time of his life, and he is like so much fun on the show. And I, it, I just, I, I it, it's great to see this 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 franchise back in a weekly format, and I just can't wait to see where it goes in the next, uh, I think, six or so weeks. Cool. I can't wait to watch it myself. How about oh, you, Leah? What are you been watching? <laughs> It's my turn to to talk about what I've been watching. It's nothing. I haven't been watching anything. Well, Ooh. no, actually, um, I did start binging uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, our show from today. Yeah, that's actually why I started binging it. Um, I've been busy with press week and getting things ready for the paper to go to publish and print. 
Um, but I we watched this episode from Third Rock of the Sun, and I'm now a few episodes into the first season. And I, I don't really want to say much more because I want to save the rest of my thoughts for, for the how does it hold up part of, mm. of and, our and, episode. In just a minute here, I'll tell you guys a little bit about Third Rock of the Sun. Yeah. Which yeah. is a show I have an immense soft spot for. So let's uh, let's let's get into that real quick. That was actually a really elegant segue. Um, Yay! <laughs> way more elegant than usual. Um, High five to me. So uh, Third Rock from the Sun was a sitcom that ran on NBC from 1996 to 2001. Um, it was a little bit of a big deal in its time. I think I think it picked up a few Emmys, a few Peabody Awards, you know that mm. kind of stuff. Uh, but it's one of those shows that you know people don't like to call it underrated because it was a little bit of a big deal in its time, but it's kind of been forgotten now mm, a little bit. Yeah, I would say not so. not totally, but it is a, a it is a cultural staple. People do mention it and they do like refer to it um, in some media, but yeah, it se- it seems to have gone to the wayside just a little bit, which is a shame because it's it, it really it really is a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was created by Bonnie and Terry Turner, a, na- a, a pair of names you might recognize. They're a husband and wife writing producing team who uh, were also, uh, by, the time, by actually the time we get to uh, this third season episode we're talking about today, uh, they were working on, uh, they were also working on that 70s show. So it's the same, it's a little little, little bit of the same vibe, the same like set, the set design is very similar actually. It, it is kind of we, the same vibe. At least the color vibes. schemes. Yeah. Um, the show stars John Lithgow, Kristen Johnston, French Stewart, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, my husband, and uh, Jane Curtin, and yeah, actually, a lot, a lot of people don't seem they don't don't really. It, it's, it's funny because a lot, a lot of people don't know that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt got kind of got his start on a sitcom. Um, a part he he can he kills in that part, by the way. He's very very good. Um, <laughs> but um, but 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 actually, this this was this was my first exposure to him. Like actually, he he he'd been in movies. He'd been he'd been in movies for years. I know I know like around like the early like late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a he was kind of a teen, kind of like a teen icon, kind of. Well, maybe not like, maybe not like the biggest, but he was around. It's because he's hot. And <laughs> can't can't deny. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I actually I, I I I for the longest time I only knew him as um as Tommy Solomon and um. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. So this show, it focuses on a group of extraterrestrial beings from, and this is the this is, this is a quote, we, we don't really learn too much. We, 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 we kind of stay out of, like, their origins and, like, the true nature of their lives as off Earth. Yeah, I noticed that when I, when I went back and watched the first episode, because I wanted more context for the episode that we had watched, and... Um... Yeah, they just jump right into it. Yeah, they don't really. Yeah, they, yeah, they're 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 already on Earth. We don't we don't we don't mess around too much with it. Uh, all the, the, the their home planet actually doesn't even really have a name. They just kind of vaguely refer to like the area that they're from, which is hmm. uh, referred to as a barred spiral galaxy on the Cepheus Draco border. Wherever the heck that is. No, yeah, it's all just made up sci-fi words. And I love it. <laughs> uh, so the main group of aliens, uh, they are a militaryish unit. Ish, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not here on any on any on any bad business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that travels the universe on like on like fact finding and gathering and data gathering missions uh, on different life forms for unknown but probably harm. I, I've seen the entire series and never once have they ever suggested that they're there for any kind of nefarious purposes. Yeah. Like they're 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 here to observe. Okay, so and like Starship Enterprise rules. Pre- pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're and, and and actually I think they're kind of they're, they're they're a little like a Star Trek team because. Um, that's they're 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 usually only there for like a week or so, and then they take off and then they leave. But that's actually kind of like the concept of the show is that they find that uh, even though Earth is kind of like this you know backwater world of very little <laughs> note, um, obviously their technology our, our technology is not as good as theirs, and you know all, all that kind of stuff. Um, they do find that just our bodies and our and the and the emotions <laughs> that we feel are far more complex than anything they've run into. So they actually end up being here for like six years. 
Jeez, I did. I was wondering how long they actually stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's six seasons. Um, so they take on the guise of a non-nuclear family called the Solomons. Uh, they set up shop in a crappy little attic uh, belonging to an old woman named uh, Mrs. Dupchek. Mamie Dupchek is her full name, by the way. Um, Mamie. Uh, in, a, in a tiny town called uh, Rutherford, Ohio. No, we don't really need to know where that is. It's just a small town. It's Ohio. <laughs> so the head of the family is uh, uh, Dick Solomon, played by uh, John Lithgow. The, the fantastic John Lithgow. Such a huge personality. I love it. Oh, he's he's so good. You think he's funny in Shrek? Watch this show. <laughs> I like, know, right? Uh, oh my God! So, oh, okay. So, um, I was I heard his voice, and I'm like, I know this voice. I only know I only know celebrities by their voices because I'm bigger on animation than any anything else. And I'm like, I'm, I know I've heard this voice before. I just know it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, and, and yeah, he 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 kills he kills it as 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 as, as Lord Farquaad. But <laughs> yes. he is, but but I. But I I just think he's even better as as, as Dick Solomon. Oh yeah, uh, he's the high commander. He's there. He's the he's the leader of the unit. Uh, he's loud. He's pompous, mm-hmm. and he's completely oblivious to Earth customs and the feelings of others. Hmm. There's, there's actually this. There's actually this great episode where um where there's 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 a professor at the college that he works at who um he kind of he kind of he kind of like he's actually played by uh, John Mahoney who plays uh, Fraser's dad. Oh my god. Okay. Um and he kind of abruptly dies. Oh. And he's a jerk. He he you know he he he's um nobody nobody likes him, and nobody wants to do a eulogy for him. So he in his will he asked um he asked uh, Dick to do it <gasps> really? because he kind of found a kindred spirit in Dick because he's this because he's this he's this stuffy mean sexist old man, and just Dick Dick is Dick obviously he means well he's not a jerk he generally yeah. he generally he, he's, yeah. he's, 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 a, he's a little arrogant a little self-centered a little sometimes self, yeah. but he generally does not mean any harm to others he just kind of gets up in his own head sometimes and he just doesn't know how social functions on earth work and so yeah the guy actually the guy actually like kind of sees this you know red baseball cap kind of kindred spirit oh in him and so, and, and, so now he's, and so now he's stuck in this bind this jerk that he barely knew he has to first of all he has to face down death for the first time he has to figure out like Spoilers. what death means well, oh no he doesn't God. he doesn't no he doesn't die he, he has to figure out well, the concept yeah. of, he has to figure out the concept of death oh, while also fun. trying to write a well, while, while, while trying to write a eulogy for a man that a he didn't like and b he barely knew oh it's a great episode this kind of reminds me of uh, michael from the good place when he realizes his his own mortality oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's all. And so going through more through the rest of the cast, uh, the second in command is uh, Sally Solomon. My fave. Kristen Johnston. Uh, she is the lieutenant slash weapons expert. She's basically their wharf. It's so funny that you mentioned wharf. <laughs> that's uh, all. So, so while while the species, and, and that's another thing we don't really get into, like, yeah, they're I really appreciate that they didn't get too deep into, like, the lore of this planet you know it doesn't have a name uh we only get vague references like i i, I don't know i i doubt I, 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 I don't know if they brought it up um any of the episodes you've seen leo but um you know they, they only they only describe their 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 race as quivering purple tubes yes oh okay so in one of the so the the episode where he goes to a the dean's party with 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 what's her name mary, mary with yeah. mary um, and he drinks too. No, it was a wedding. He goes to a wedding oh, with he gets Mary, sick. and he gets sick, and he drinks the whole <laughs> bottle of cough syrup. And he's like, "If you wake up with my wristwatch on a quivering purple mass, just know it's me or something like don't, that." Don't, no, yeah. If you if you wake up and you see a quivering purple mass wearing my watch, 
don't touch it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave my watch alone. <laughs> I'm like, wait, quivering purple. What? <laughs> and yeah, and they, and they, and they don't get to the, they don't get into the mechanics either because I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the, their species kind of lacks any gender that we recognize because obviously they have no idea what in the hell is going on. What even species. is gender? It's fake. And um, Sally was originally, I didn't, and she and she doesn't have a name. I guess she's just lieutenant. Uh, yeah, um, it's, but, they didn't have names. They haven't mentioned names. Yeah, I, I don't. I I don't even know if they even have them. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so Sally Sally was originally far more far more masculine. I, I always I always I literally I just picture Worf. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just imagine that she was that she was that she was just straight up Worf. Imagining Worf in a gender, <laughs> it's, it's killing me. I love that. And uh, so yeah, Sally spends a lot of time. Um, struggling with the idea and concepts of femininity and 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 even like outside of the fact that um the lieutenant was more masculine on their home planet um they actually kind of put they actually kind of they actually kind of ended up in a more in a more um like unconventional unconventional female body she is generally taller than mm-hmm. the other than the men in her life her voice is a little deep she's a little deep yeah she has she has kind of a deep voice but no she but 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 like but like but, but they, they they don't find that weird at all like Mm-mm. like like no like no like her her main her main uh, love interest later on in the show uh played by uh Wayne Knight she gets a love interest yay yeah by played by Wayne Knight of all people too like it's pretty good stuff um but yeah like he he's he's like a full head shorter than her <laughs> and nobody ever acts like that's weird i love that yeah, my, like, they're 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 very open minded on the show. It seems it's really funny because Sally reminds me a lot of my sister. Um, she's also tall. She's taller than me. I'm the oldest, but she's taller than me. Um, she's a little bit thicker. Um, she just looks like an Amazon man, and she also has a deep voice like me and the my other sibling. And yeah, like I, as soon as I saw Sally, I was like, "That's Amanda energy right there." <laughs> yeah, Sal- Sally Sally's fantastic, and it's actually kind of a crime that Kristen Johnston hasn't really seemed to have that big of a career after the show. Right. She was she was around. I think the, the only thing I can remember seeing her in was uh, in the second Flintstones movie. She played Wilma. Right, I remember that too. But that's it. Like you don't really see her anywhere else. Yeah, it's 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 it, it's really odd. I, actually, that happened to a lot of the cast, and we'll kind of get into that. Not all of them. No, because I mean, everybody knows Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, and 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 and, 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 and obviously, I think I think we've I think we've kind of explained it. But um, yeah, saying saying that they kind of like a masculine a masculine um, life form entering a feminine body. That sounds like it could be very bad and really hokey and. Mm-hmm you know really just messily handled it I, I i always found that they played it very classily yeah i haven't found too many issues with it um because i i, I kind of relate to sally a lot in some ways um because i also deal with gender dysphoria i'm i also feel like a mask a more masculine entity who's got breasts <laughs> And she mentions her. It's so funny. She mentions her mentions her breasts a lot. Like, is anybody else having issues with these things? And the, you know, the other aliens are like, nope. I love, I love, I love in, the, I love in the, um, I love in the, um, the, the, in the pilot. They're all sitting in the car, like once, once they yes. landed, and and they had that, and they had that thing where they're like, and they have that moment where they're like, uh, where they're, she's, yeah, she's talking about her breasts, and then I think, um, and I think Harry's like, I have tiny ones. Yeah. <laughs> and like they all like look at their shirts. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> God, so funny. Um, it's hilarious. So we went right along. Uh, we also, we also, we also meet uh, Tommy Solomon, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, again, who my uh, again, yeah, like, John Lithgow obviously moved on to big things after the show, and oh, as yeah. did, although he did big things before the show, he was he's been a, he's been a mainstay for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, to, yeah to, and, and so yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt obviously also has had a big career. Um, he's their information officer. Uh, he was forced against his will to play the role of a, like a 13-year-old. I think this premise is hilarious. Pulling, putting an old person in a tiny, per, tiny young person's body... I love it. Yes, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, t- um, yeah. T- Tommy, Tommy, actually, like on their home planet, is actually the oldest member of the team. But he ended up being the he ended up being the um, ended up be- ended up being like the kid, like not, not not even just like a teenager. Like actually, like they he was in I think he was in middle school at the beginning, or or, or either like late middle school or like freshman year in high wow. school. He was just entering puberty. Like they they dropped him in like the worst possible place. There's actually there's actually this really fit really like fantastic scene where um. I think like because like the um Tommy Tommy walked up to Dick later on, and he's like Dick, Dick for the love of God you have to get me out of here I can't handle this I'm about to pop I'm about to pop yeah when <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he describes um volleyball team <laughs> dude oh my God. they just kept and, jumping <laughs> and some of them can't jump as high as the others but that's okay it's very 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 okay <laughs> no, it's just like, and like there's this part too where they do like a mind meld for a second give me your mind give me your mind I I, yes. I, 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 I want to show you what I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> Oh my God, that's disgusting. You think about that all the time? Yes, all the time. We need to get you out of here. <laughs> we need to get you out of here right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Joseph Gordon-Levitt, needless to say, he kills this role. He mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah, I, I love him. So yeah, along with Sally, obviously, um, he is dealing with the most biological issues. And that's kind of something that we kind of get into a little bit is... um. It's never really explained exactly like what form these bodies take. Like, um, we don't know if because because it, because it, it's it's definitely not like Men in Black where like the cockroach monster was wearing Vincent D'Onofrio's skin yeah. like a mascot suit. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually the, the, these are actually like it, it's implied they're actually like fully functional human bodies because the second they enter the bodies, they are just feeling all kinds of things that they never felt before. Like just it hit it hit him like a truck, and like uh, and, and they're and they're all and, and 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 they don't have time to like get used to them like like infants do like the, to to adjust to, to, <laughs> to being alive like oh they're they're all they're all roughly fully grown fully grown infants or at least somewhat somewhat developed yeah because you and, know um, Tommy's and, still developing and so and so it's it's kind of it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to tell because actually we kind of get into it a little bit in this episode that um, if they were to cut into the bodies they wouldn't find any proof of, of their of their actual nature because these are actually like fully 100% human bodies the only thing I could think of is that like their consciousness is being is being projected because it's actually later on in the show I think it's in that same episode I was talking about earlier with John Mahoney mm-hmm. they kind of talk about death a little bit and they say well what happens when we leave and they just say well we'll have used up the bodies and we'll just we'll leave and the bodies will stay so like <laughs> so yeah like the, the, so 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 it, so it's definitely implied that their consciousness is inside of the is inside of these these human bodies rather than them actually like being inside of them. It's very odd. This is so interesting. Very very okay. ill explained, but honestly, I don't really need it to be. It's it's plot plot stuff. Yeah, and then finally we have uh, honestly this the, he he kind of he's he's like the comedic powerhouse. Honestly, saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, French Stewart as Harry Solomon, who and uh, this I'm sorry, Leo. This might be a little bit of a spoiler. He is the transmitter. Yeah. Yeah, he um, <laughs> he has a it's it, he's he just kind of hangs out most of the time. Like you know they they all like you know Dick's running the mission, Sally is doing security, Tommy is doing research. Uh, Harry hangs out and watches TV because he's just kind of there as like a tool in the toolbox because he has a radio implanted in his brain. Okay, things make sense now. So whenever so whenever whenever their boss the big giant head calls, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> by the way, everybody, his human form is played by William Shatner, which is great. Yeah, baby. Um. 
his, his like it, it actually takes over his entire consciousness. His voice changes and he delivers whatever the message is. Oh. Like he actually like he actually has like an official like big incoming message from the big giant head. You know that kind of <laughs> stuff. And it's very like um yeah. It, French Stewart he is the as I said comedic powerhouse of the show. He really he he, he really puts himself hard into this role. Um I would. I would compare him a lot to like Michael Richards as Kramer in Seinfeld or uh, David Hyde Pierce as Niles in Frasier. He he's he's just one of those ones that just really really just just puts himself into that physical comedy. I don't think I don't, I don't think there's too much of it in this episode, Mm-mm. but man, he takes some wild pratfalls at, at at certain points in the show. I can't wait. And he also has a pretty wild fashion sense too. I love it. Oh my god, he's so. <laughs> So my first impression of Harry was like, this is one stoned non-binary person right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think he's wearing it in this episode because he's, he's in his Halloween costume most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's a Halloween episode, again, by the way. Everybody. Yeah, Halloween. Um, <laughs> um, it's actually like his his most iconic piece of clothing. Actually, he wears the it, it's it's this it's this it, I, I I don't know what it's made of it's some kind of like yak fur or something, but he wears he wears this like fur this fur this big like bushy fur coat with like orange lining like that's kind of like his iconic. Oh, that's so camp. And he, and he and he dresses in like a super like seventies way. He's got like you know just like baggier pants and um you know like like kind of like leisure suit tops. It garish. I love it. That's he's, so queer. He's he's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, he's the least conventionally intelligent of the family but he seems to have the most intuitive emotional intelligence again that's not really the most on display in this episode but uh yeah he watched the show and then the final member of the main cast uh she's outside of the family uh mary albright dr mary albright excuse me gotta show her the proper respect yeah that's an anthropologist you're professor talking about. professor of anthropology dr mary albright mm-hmm. uh played by jane Curtin from um snl you might remember her as uh the as the uh, the wife in coneheads <laughs> Oh, okay. First Thank of all, you Jane, 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 Jane Curtin's an American Treasure. She's amazing. I you don't, you don't see her in too much nowadays, but like all the SNL from the '70s that I've seen her in, and whenever she pops up in something, she's amazing. And she's fantastic in this show. Uh, she is <laughs> Dick's office mate and love interest. Yes. Uh, she's an anthropology, anthropology professor, as we mentioned, who takes absolutely no crap from anyone. You know, she she's she's a very like she she actually bumps up against a lot of people because. She's just she's a strong lady, you know. She mm-hmm. she she um, she 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 gets what she wants. She apparently has a lot of sex, and Get you know, it. she gets she gets slut shamed a lot throughout the show. That's not, so not ugh. not. I mean, obviously, she doesn't put up with it. Like they don't get away with it. Good. The show the show doesn't have a bad attitude about her. Good. Obviously, the show has a lot of admiration for Mary. Good. <laughs> and um and yeah and and, and she, she takes no crap from anybody. Not even the arrogant goofball she shares an office with. Uh, Dick and Mary, yeah, it's sort of an on and off relationship. Uh, not an obnoxious way though. Uh, they break up for a few seasons. Actually, that was a pretty recent development in mm-hmm. this episode. Um, I was noticing, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just, lo- just it, 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 it's a long story. The breakup involves uh, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa. I, okay, I need to, I need to start binging this faster. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it's very strange. Um, but uh, they have such good chemistry. Uh, John Lithgow and Jane Curtin that they you know, do. It's, it's it's very it, and, and, and 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 they both like give and take really because you because because yeah. in, in a lot of cases these on and off relationships you know famously one of them will be playing the other usually the man is the goofball and the woman is the is like the straight man oh they <laughs> they give and take hard there's this episode where they both get trapped in the school library overnight oh, in season no. three. Oh my god they get they get drunk they get drunk on champagne and where did they find the champagne? Oh, D- D- Dick brought it. That, that, that's a long story. Wait, right, a- <laughs> right now. Um, but um, they, yeah, it, there's. It's just the sum. Um, they they just give and take so hard all the time. 
that they're a delight to watch. I, I love it. So um, before we, uh, we're, this is gonna this might this episode might go kind of long. Actually, we're already at forty minutes. No way. All right, let's 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 uh, let's 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 start moving through the recap. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, so we open on Dick Solomon as he sits at his desk at Pendleton University. That's the name of his college, uh, cutting open a pumpkin. His office mate and ex-girlfriend Mary Albright uh, watches as he stares fixedly at the goop inside before he gets the first curiosity gets the better of him, and he tastes it. Needless to say, he doesn't like it. I, I had to, I had to rewind like three different times on this part. It's so great. Because I thought I had missed something. I thought I missed some context. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. why is he eating that? And I'm actually wondering, uh, later on, I think it's implied that he actually went back. I think he might have eaten the rest of the pumpkin. Stop. Because, yeah, because like, cause, cause later on, he's talking to Nina. Uh, we'll get, well, Nina is introduced in a second. Um, he's talking to Nina, and he's got, like, chopped up bits of, like, pumpkin rind on his desk. So I, <laughs> I think he ate the rest of that pumpkin. I love that. Uh, so their assistant, as the character I just mentioned, Nita Campbell, enters to tell Dick that the dean's office called to let him know that he's reaching his deadline to see a doctor for a physical exam. He's very confident that he'll get good results, but not, not only get good results, but actively impress the doctor. The, the, the full quote is, I am a masterpiece, a perfect human being, not a strand of DNA out of place. He'll probably want my organs to put on display. And Mary, in just the classic, classic Zinger Mary fashion, hits back with, yeah, the sooner the better. <laughs> <laughs> just the perfect example of Dick Mary banter. They're, mm-hmm. they're they're so good together. I usually get frustrated with this kind of uh, will they won't they switch tension dynamic, but yeah, they, they have such good chemistry as I mentioned earlier that it, it it's really easy to put up with it. Yeah, from what I've been watching, it's not like a Sam and Diane situation where like they're constantly addressing the will they won't won't they or anything like that. So it's kind of yeah. nice. Uh, so later that day, Dick goes in for his doctor's appointment. Uh, the office, it's your standard doctor's office, dull colors, bland art on the wall. By the way, scares the crap out of Dick, that that, 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 that photograph of, of, of a flower in the background. <laughs> and an exam table with butcher paper spread across it. I love, I love when he sits down, Dick says, crunchy. <laughs> the nurse leaves him alone in the room with the order to disrobe. <laughs> He's like, okay, fine, I'll just, uh, I'll just sit here naked. It's cool. <laughs> He slowly breaks down, panics, and runs out of the room as the doctor enters. So after the theme song, just real, just real quickly, the original and the best theme song. They eventually change it. Uh, it's a swing version by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Don't have a problem with swing, but I've never approved. This surf rock all day, every day. So I honestly love both genres. Like, I, ha- I, I go, I listen to music genres in like phases, and uh, for the longest time, I was into like both swing and then like surf rock. Uh, I just love them both, but yeah, I don't have a problem with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. I used to swing dance to them back in the day, so fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> so after the theme song, we join the rest of the Solomon family. Finally, uh, Sally, Tommy, and Harry, who are out shopping for Halloween costumes. Dick enters. I'm not sure how he knew where they were, considering there's no... There's no cell phones. They don't have cell phones, yeah. But it, it, it doesn't matter. Tiny, it was 96. Cool. They had pagers back in that day. I, I, I guess maybe. Um, <laughs> or, you know, maybe they got a psychic link. Because we did mention earlier that they can mind meld. So maybe he, right. just, maybe, maybe he just was able to track him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he bursts into the... And, and, he talk, and he goes to talk to them about his newfound fear of doctors. <laughs> uh, Sally... Mention kind of a, before Dick comes in, uh, kind of just uh, dis- they're, they're discussing Halloween, and she says a useless holiday, no day off, no presents, no big meal. Uh, big disagree, by the way, from me, and I'm a little bit triggered by that. Yeah, Halloween is literally the only holiday in my book, so I don't know how, what her issue with how, it how is. How dare you? Yeah. Sally, you're great, but this is a bum ass take. <laughs> <laughs> So the next day at the office, Dick admits that he panicked and didn't get his physical. Uh, Sally walks in a minute later to bring him his lunch, which she also forgot. <laughs> yeah. 
That's the way they put it. Um, I, Dick, you forgot your lunch. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, thank you, Sally. Where is it? I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Mary grabs her on the way out to ask her to house sit for her while she goes to a party. Uh, once they leave, De- um, Dick begs Nina to come with him to try his appointment again. Nina, I, she goes through so much, even from the beginning. I, she's so underrated. She deserves more. Oh, she gets yeah, but the, the, yeah, she, she gets she gets a way bigger role in the show. Like you, you will definitely you'll you see more of Nina Campbell going forward. Good. Yeah, she's 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 fantastic. Love her. Um, upon returning to the doctor's office, Dick makes it f- makes it as far as the throat exam this time before he runs out again. This time, abandoning his clothes and dashing out of the building in a hospital gown. <laughs> <laughs> so that night, the family is gearing up for their various Halloween activities. Uh, Dick for the college party and uh, Tommy and Sally, who are dressed as Sonny and Cher, but they think that they're dressed as Julia, Julia Ethel Rosenberg. Who are people who, who, were, who were Americans who were prosecuted for... Um, being spies back in the day when it, the Red Scare sh- this stuff was happening. Needless to say, they did not look like Sonny Bono and Cher. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, their, their their landlady walks in and actually reaffirms it. Oh, you're Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? I had to Google. <laughs> what is reality? <laughs> I had to Google this and I was like, wait, who are they talking about? Oh, right. It's that couple. <laughs> And then they and they're and they're leaving Harry, who decides he doesn't want to he doesn't want to come to Mary's house. Uh, he's sitting on the couch, taste testing all the trick or treat candy for poison. Mm, not poison. <laughs> taking 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 bites out of the candy bar, little candy bars, and putting them back in the bowl. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're leaving him on his own, and he gets a little nervous when Tommy explains that Halloween is when the dead become living and the living become dead. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't care. Of the way he says that. I'm just gonna stay here. And yeah, we as I said, we meet Mrs. Dupecheck. Um uh, played by Elmarie Elmarie Wendell, I believe her name is. Uh, she's a character actor who pops up in a lot of stuff. She's great. Um, she gets upset that she drops her lighter into the air fence. Hmm. That's just a quick little quick little aside. Just put just put that away. So so call me crazy, but I think that Tommy might be wearing the wig that Topher Grace wore as Eric Foreman in that '70s show. I mean, it's possible that it's just a common wig, but honestly, like, I think it's a possibility Ooh. because neither of these shows seem like they had the biggest budget, so yeah. maybe they had to share. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> it look it looks just like it, like I especially like when the scenes in Mary's house, like when we get like more close up shots of, of Tommy from like a profile angle. <laughs> I'm like, I think that might be the same wig. I think you know you might be right if you if you're if you're noticing it and you're like calling it out, you might be right. <laughs> So Dick is having a, a good time at the costume party at first, but he becomes rattled when he runs into the doctor again, just hmm. as a skeleton. Uh, he makes this brassy, pompous speech about the flaws in the American medical system. <sighs> um, he kind of like waits for applause, but nobody does, and he just kind of like runs. I, just, <laughs> I think one person slow claps, and that's it. I think I think I think it was the audience who did it. Oh, because yeah, the show's filmed before live studio lives. We should mention there's 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 actually a lot of energy. You get, you get a lot of cheering and clapping and whooping from the crowd. Yeah. in this show. Um, it always kills me. One of my favorite little jokes in this is that Mary is dressed as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, but when she gives Dick the hint, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, he concludes that she must be dressed as Nancy Kassebaum, the former Republican senator from Kansas. <laughs> uh, the show's full of jokes like this where the family, they've obviously done a lot of very, a very, a, a, a lot of research, but very broad research. So they know a lot about history and about like very specific things, but like little things like, you know, the, the cultural iconography of the Wizard of Oz is totally lost on them. Right. They, 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 they probably, they probably researched who, who's in charge of all the states and junk, but they probably completely missed Wizard of Oz, like 
completely. So I mean, there's a lot of flavors to the human experience. So I, I don't blame them. <laughs> like they, they, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. Yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't know a lot of. Yeah, they, there's a lot of things that they don't know, like big iconic things. Like um, there's one episode where I think um, I think uh, I think Harry and Tommy are watching are watching um, the, like I, I guess the original Star Wars on the TV, and they're always like laughing their asses off. Like Dick's like they think space looks like that. <laughs> Great. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. So meanwhile, Harry is back at the apartment watching a scary movie, which is revealed eventually to be the classic peanut special It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, <laughs> and slowly sliding more and more into panic, uh, especially as he starts to hear thumps, rattles, and moans of help me from the walls. Uh. Um, yes, I, 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 I love, I love that he turned the TV back on to drown out the ghosts. Cause honest <laughs> to God, that would be me. Same. <laughs> I just feel like, well, there's a ghost here. What am I going to do about it? You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. I'll just put the TV back on so I don't hear you. We're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like, please leave me alone. I'm trying to do something here. <laughs> I don't have time to be haunted. So Sally and Tommy are now at Mary's house. And by the way, for, for me, this is like the funniest plot of the episode. Um, they're, they're, they're at Mary's house, and they're grossly misunderstanding how trick-or-treating works. Uh, they leave a giant bowl of candy on the porch and try to give a little... And, and, and eventually are forced to try to give a little girl a tube of ground beef when the candy is inevitably gone within 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. They, they, they put it out and then gone. Immediately. Just... like the, the, 10 seconds might be a, a, might be a, liberal, a liberal guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's implied that the perpetrator was the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Who was apparently the one who took all the candy, and he eggs, and that guy, I guess he eggs them. And Tommy says, "You're toast, Pontiff," as he takes <laughs> off after him, beginning their campaign of vengeance. The fact that he says Pontiff, <laughs> just super specific references, yeah. right? I'm like, dude, aren't you an alien? <laughs> so Dick comes back to the apartment after after that humiliation of the party. And uh, he ends up joining Harry's struggles as possible. Goes honestly, this is when the episode gets a little bit better for me because I I, I felt like it was a little bit of a mess before. Because of they had they had three plots to keep track of, mm. and I think by fusing Dick and Harry's plot, now there's now there's an A plot and a B. Now there's an A plot and a B plot. <laughs> Lord, um, I only laughed, so I'm not gonna leave that in. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it, it, it it kind of splits the episode in half, and it makes it a little less frenzy. It was actually it was, it was easier for me to it was easier for me to write this because the scenes are yeah. very this this the show actually has very very short scenes. Yeah, I was noticing that. Um... Uh, with the the in the earlier seasons, it's not it wasn't as jumpy as this episode. Like not trying to keep track of as many plots. So yeah. Yeah. This yeah the, the pacing gets a lot better now that now that we're dealing with the half the family is at the apartment, the other half is at Mary's house mm-hmm. dealing with their thing, which gets pretty wild in a minute. We'll, oh we'll, yeah. We'll get to that. One thing I love, little, little touch. I love how ready they are to believe in ghosts. I love it. Uh, because it just makes sense considering they're from another planet. Actually, actually, um, you know, Dick's trying to like talk himself out of it. Intelligent people don't believe in ghosts. And Harry says, yeah, they don't believe in aliens either. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Stop but, being right. <laughs> but it makes sense. That, yeah, he, they're, they're, they're from another planet, which people don't believe is real. So why couldn't ghosts be real? Even if they haven't run into one before. Exactly. I also, I also that little exchange that, uh, why does this always happen to us? Well, to be fair, Dick, this is our first ghost. You're right. We've been very fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it really, it really, um, it's, it's a tiny, it's a tiny, it's a tiny thing. But I really feel like it demonstrates, um, it's really true to the characters that they're more, they have more, a more evolved perspective than we do as humans. Mm-hmm. Or honestly, maybe I'm crazy and just vastly overthinking this, considering I've seen this episode like 20 times. <laughs> well, first of all, aliens and ghosts are both real. Um, <laughs> and um, I do love the, those little remarks and passing. Like they're real. Th- they're just they're just you know s- 
just side remarks, but they're real thinkers. And I don't know. I feel like you're right in that the fact that like they are a little more evolved in certain aspects, just because it's like, well, you know, actually, I mean, if we do this, like, why wouldn't this what, yeah, be we're, a thing? Yeah, we're we're aliens, and we're li- we have our consciousnesses are inside of human bodies that yeah. we synthesized. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. So yeah, why couldn't a ghost? Why why couldn't our little suburban apartment be haunted? Yeah. Uh, so they hear uh, footsteps coming closer, and uh, they run to hide under the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out it's just Mary, who, despite how it looks, is not here to check up on Dick. Uh, she's here to get her car back because Dick apparently oh, stole right. it when he left the party. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to mention about how there's so much physical touch or physical contact happening um, between Harry and Dick. Um, (laughs) As this being my first exposure to the show, um, that I thought that was interesting because like I've watched a lot of other other stuff where it's there's not this much physical contact. They're like holding each other's like full on embracing, and I'm like, whoa, 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 that is that is really close. Like this is a little gay. I love it. There's actually there's actually a lot of um, there's actually like that that that's actually a very um, I think we were we were actually talking about it last night. Like the show's kind of been, the show was kind of like a, a turning point for me personally because mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of an introvert. Um, I don't really. I, it's, it's not that I have like a phobia of being touched, like a germaphobe thing, mm. but um, I just I, I I'm a little I'm a little sensitive. I think to like contact with other human beings. So like if I like shake hands or high five somebody or somebody puts their hand on my shoulder, mm-hmm. um, for like 20 minutes afterward, I can kind of still feel the hand there. Dude, okay, so <laughs> I'm just like I'm arrow I'm arrow ace. I'm um uh, like kind of like phys- physical touch deterred a little like more uh sex repulsed and um uh I've I've gone through a lot of um uh, abuse and trauma, so um touch is a little weird for me. So uh, for you like you you still feel it like afterwards, but for me I'm like it's in my mind. Like I'm still thinking about that. Like, oh my God, was that okay? Is everything all right? Like why did that happen? And am I doing okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are they doing okay? Yeah, it's 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 a lot. So I um I feel you on the physical yeah, it, touch. It, it's thing. just a lot of anxiety and just like the but this show kind of I mean I'm obviously I'm still a little I'm still a little sketchy about it. Mm-hmm. But this show actually like really kind of pushed me in a direction that kind of that kind of showed me that, you know, it's not it's not weird. People People, the human beings kind of just generally crave touch. I do crave it. I do. Yeah, exactly. You just, yeah, exactly. I, I feel you on that. And and, and that's actually a, that's actually a very running thing throughout the show, and it's never really talked about. Like actually, I was I was uh, my um we 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 um. I actually watched the episode with my brother, and then after we finished that episode, uh, my brother was just been was was just watching episodes all day on Peacock, <laughs> and um, there was one that was on. I think while we were like eating dinner later on, um, where you know they're 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 having they're having their conversation on the rooftop at the end. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, Dick's Dick's kind of sitting up against the Dick's kind of sitting up against the windowsill, and Sally is sitting on the windowsill. And yeah, she's just she's just like in in a, in, a, in a very like non-sexual way or anything. She's just she's just kind of she's just kind of on him. She has uh, she has her um, she has her she has like both of her she kind of she kind of like has one of her arms wrapped around his arm, the other one's on his shoulder, and eventually he kind of like reaches up and he grabs her hand. God, I wish that were me. Like, and I wish I could just have that kind of physical intimacy with like my friends or like my my chosen queer family or anything like that. Because and just... it's yeah, and 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 it's, and it's not strange at all. The, the show does have some do, does have some moments where they dip into that kind of homophobia kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of cases, and, and especially after you get past the first couple seasons, that erases entirely, and they're just mm. very open with each other and very willing to talk about their emotions and willing to just touch each other without it having to be weird. Tommy maybe never really gets on board, but he's supposed to be the he's, he's supposed. A 
he's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yeah, he's biologically, yeah, he's a teenager. So anyway, uh, we cut then after that, after that, after that quick little digression there. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, Sally and Tommy back at Mary's house have gone from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> um, they, they now have, when this all happened off screen, they now have a child in like a commando outfit tied to a chair. <laughs> And are running this kind of good cop, bad cop routine on him to extract information as to the Pope's identity. You could never get away with this <laughs> in this day. Sally's threatening to shove a raw egg down his throat if he doesn't talk. <laughs> uh, he doesn't. And Tommy, who's being the good cop, says, Kid, right now I wouldn't trade places with you for the world. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking a walk. Sally's all yours. Oh. I just love to you, like, right, right, right at the end. It's like, so, how do you like your eggs? <laughs> yeah. That's how it cuts. I thought that was good. <laughs> So back at the apartment again, uh, like I said, very short scenes. Mm-hmm. Dick and Harry are trying to convince themselves the ghost just up and left. <laughs> uh, but then they see smoke coming from the air vent. Uh, they run to hide in the closet once the power goes out, uh, agreeing that the ghost can have the basement, the apartment, and the car. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that they... Okay, so this... Uh, I caught this a little bit, but they it's funny how they go hide into the closet and then they talk about sprucing it up in there and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, are these... Are these clo- are these in the closet jokes? It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm we a little past the, but I don't know. It was it was kind of funny. I, I, I get you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't catch that angle, but I see where you're coming from. Uh huh. So Dick tries to get a hold of himself, saying, "I want to be brave, but I'm too afraid." <laughs> and this next part is gold. I love it so much. Um, Harry says, "But Dick, in order to be brave, you must first start by being afraid. For true courage lies in the overcoming of fear, not in its absence." Which um, it's a paraphrase from Nelson Mandela. I think i don't know I, I googled it and he was the first one that came up hmm. i mean um so i don't know it, 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 it's a pretty common sentiment yeah um but it, it wrecks me that, that dick asks oh, that's that's brilliant harry where, where, where did you where did you uh where, where did you hear that and harry says blue power ranger <laughs> now just for the record i had fallen off of power rangers by the time uh i, I, I went down a little bit of a google rabbit hole here um actually oh. i wanted to know what power rangers was on around this time period uh. and it turns out it was i believe the third series uh power rangers in space i had fallen off by that point oh, so yeah, i have too. no i have no earthly clue if that's something tj the blue ranger would say mm-hmm. but yeah I, I went and i got his name and i got the series i don't know why i did that i was <laughs> hey. having a, i was having a weird day yesterday guys context is good <laughs> So back at Mary's house again, uh, Tommy returns from his walk with more eggs. <laughs> the poor kid in the interrogation chair is now covered in yolk and shells, and it's pretty clear that Sally's working over pretty good. She's actually pretty upfront. Yeah, she actually says, I worked him over. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very later on. Uh, he finally breaks down and opens up about the Pope. Tommy tells him that he makes him sick, <laughs> ratting on his friends, and kicks him out of the house. Like, they, have, they have this whole dirty cop thing going on. I love it. Uh, he leaves, uh, taking the chair with him. <laughs> He's still tied to the chair. <laughs> Mary, Mary actually walks in right afterward, and he just gives this dire warning. Run, lady, they're crazy! <laughs> and she's just like, what did you do to the Bernstein boy? <laughs> so she thanks the two of them for their help, because... You know, she the reason she wanted them to house sit was so that people didn't egg their house because there was nobody offering candy. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I guess you technically did your job. There's no eggs on the outside of the house. They're all inside. So thank <laughs> you. Easier to clean up, I guess. Uh, before the scene before the scene ends, though, it's revealed that the Pope was innocent and it was mm-hmm. Batman all along. That dirty Batman. And uh, so the two take off after him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to continue their duty. <laughs> <laughs> so, back, so back at the house, Dick and Harry are off to investigate the basement, deducing that the noises are now coming from there. Uh, Dick begins to perform an exorcism with coffee. 
for some reason. Why like, wouldn't they, you? They didn't, have, they didn't have access to. They didn't have access to holy water, so I guess so. Harry figured next best thing is coffee. Coffee is water, just with some caffeine beans. I, I, I guess it's fair, yeah. And um, you know, yeah. So, so he's like, he's like, so he's like sprinkling water around out of the <laughs> coffee mug uh, by the power vested in me by the Maxwell House Corporation. <laughs> um, he's interrupted though in his exorcism when a fist slams through the wall. <laughs> It's revealed that though it belongs to Mrs. Dubchek, who had who explains that she had gotten stuck in the crawl space looking for her lighter. She's That's been down dedication. there for hours banging on the walls and screaming for help. Uh, the smoke and the power going out were caused when she, who clearly, this woman needs help. She's got a serious tobacco problem. Shorted how to 220 <laughs> line to light her cigarettes. The dedication that this woman has to get and her then, next smoke. And then after explaining it, immediately says, which reminds me, I need a cigarette. And she, yeah. and she, leaves, and she leaves the episode. And she's gone. She's just gone like that. <laughs> uh, so Dick is exhilarated by the, his conquering of his fears. And he heads off to finally get his checkup done. Of course, a new fear comes to light when the doctor slips on his gloves to give him a prostate exam. Whoa. I don't blame him. You know what? I don't. I don't blame you, Dick. I when I get when I get to middle age, I don't know how I'm gonna get through these things. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, cause I don't know. Uh, so like, there's like that whole culture of like uh, how like every like a lot of men are like a lot of men are like, oh, I don't want to get a finger up my butt. And like, I don't know. Is it like the homophobia fear, or is it like the fear of prostate cancer? I don't know. I mean, it isn't. I mean, of course, it is invasive. I always feel uncomfortable at the doctors, like when they're touching things and mm. like checking. Uh, uh, I'm just weirded out just thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's for your health, guys. Come on. No, yeah, I, I feel it. I know it's necessary, and yeah, for for me, yeah, that that, that whole homophobia angle, that's not even a thing. No, for me. yeah. It's, it, I, I I I I was on record earlier, but I've got a little bit of a thing about physical touch, and honestly, mm-hmm. it doesn't really get that much more infinite than a finger up there. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a little extreme. And that's that's <laughs> that's gonna be. I'm gonna have to be like I I I I, I can see it now. I'm, I'm gonna be like sucking myself myself up for three days. <laughs> like like I and, leading and, up to it. Like I I, I or, or God God help me if I have to get a colonoscopy. Oh, no. I just don't want anybody touching me at all, ever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so finally, the aliens uh, are sitting... The, 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 it, basically, every episode has a scene like this uh, where they kind of... They, they, they go out to the rooftop. Finally, you know, 100%. The only place where they have 100% privacy. And they just kind of discuss the theme of the episode. I mean, I'm sure Mrs. Dupchak could show up, but um, she, she usually doesn't. Like, that, that, it, it's implied that that's probably their safest space is out on the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, right outside there, right outside their kitchen. And they just kind of discussed what they learned this week about being human. <laughs> and uh, Tommy has decided the mustache stays. <laughs> I love the mustache. It's <laughs> funny because yeah, he, he, he looks even more ridiculous because he, because yeah, he, like I said, he was wearing that Eric Foreman kind of wig, and he had the mustache when he was when he was Sonny Bono. But at this point, he's taken he's taken off of his he's taken mm-hmm. off his thing. He's got his usual uh, hair pulled back into a ponytail, mm-hmm. um, and he's decided no, guys made a decision. Mustache stays. It looks like he just came back from Nam. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, and Dick sums up his journey by saying that we should always be brave enough to face our fears because when you do. It's only Mrs. Dupchek stuck behind a wall, and that's apparently always. universally applicable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like, always, always. <laughs> Sally, though, has a quick follow-up question. So Dupchek was the one who was screaming, and she made the smoke, and she was punching the walls. But there was the sound of a chain rattling mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier. And Dick just calmly informs her that, oh, Mrs. I, 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 I actually asked Mrs. Dupchek about that. 
that's just the ghost of Mr. Ferguson, who was brutally murdered in our apartment 14 years ago this very night. And they're all like, oh, okay. No problem. Like, and, just, and, okay. And, and we cut with the usual uh, exterior shot of the earth. <laughs> uh, we cut back real quick, though, to, a, uh, to an end credit scene of uh, Mary. Uh, she's taken off her Halloween costume by this point, uh, but I think her hair is still done up. Yeah. And she's uh, singing over the rainbow from The Wizard of Oz as she cleans up the mess that Tommy and Sally <laughs> left behind torturing that poor child. Um, uh... It's not really, there's no joke or anything, but Jane Curtin's a great singer. She sings a lot on the show, and she's very good. I love that. And, and, and yeah, she was she was she was she was she would always be doing musical numbers and stuff on um, SNL also. So like uh, this this is this has always been kind of her thing. Okay, that's why the the audience went wild. Okay, uh, when she was doing that, I was like, that's just what my siblings and I do on the on the daily. We just break out in song all the time. Oh yeah, she yeah, she's just yeah, she's a great singer, and I think the audience is, the, the audience eats it up when she sings. Mm-hmm. I would I would have loved to actually be there live when Jane Curtin was doing a musical number. That was great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it wasn't really a joke, but I'm not really. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it was endearing. It was cute. Oh, yeah. So, Tim, how does this show, or how does this episode hold up? Well, let me tell you something. Um, in a lot of ways, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I there's, 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 there's nothing really that, that, that it does wrong. It doesn't have any really bad attitudes about it. It's actually very open-minded about a lot of things in a very, in a very casual, non-direct way. Like, they're not, they're, not, they're not making a thing out of it. Like, mm-hmm. they're not saying, hey, hey, look how cool we are having two men touch each other, and it's not weird. <laughs> right. Know, they, it, it's, it's just a thing. That's, it, it, it feels right that these characters are willing, are, 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 are feel close enough with each other that they're, allowed, that they're able to do that, and a little bit more, and, 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 and you know, com- comfortable enough in their sexuality and their masculinity to be able to be willing to do that. And I, and I always appreciate that when you don't make a thing because you honestly when 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 you do something like that and you know it's like hey look look everybody look 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 gay character yeah you kind of take the you let some of the air out of the gesture mm-hmm. because you're making it about you mm, and not yeah. about and not about like trying to normalize this stuff mm-hmm. um but honestly, in a lot of it's honestly, in a lot of ways, yes, it does hold up. And honestly, it might even have been ahead of its time. But um, and it could just be that I've seen it a million times this episode because I The Rock from the Sun is in my rotation of just <laughs> shows that I that I just kind of have on while I'm doing stuff. So I've seen uh, I've seen uh, Scaredy Dick. By the way, I think we forgot to mention that's the name of the episode. Episode um, season three, episode five, Scaredy Dick. Oh yeah, that's that's the episode we're reviewing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, this this this, is, this has been a wild off the reels one. Um, it was just so fun. I liked this one a lot. Oh yeah, um, I, I I just remember finding this episode funnier. I, I I found it a little a little a little cheesier than I used to find it <laughs> this time around. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I wasn't laughing as much as I used to. And actually, <laughs> and, and it's not like and it's not like I've grown out of the show because I've watched I wa- I was watching episodes I was watching season three all day yesterday mm. after I watched this because I'm kind of kind of addicted to my sitcoms. Mm. And uh, no, there's there's some there's some there's some very 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 funny episodes. Like I was la- I was laughing so hard in some of the episodes. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just this particular episode because I love Halloween. Maybe yeah. that. Maybe maybe I've just been back to this one one too many times. Mm. But yeah, a little, I, obviously uh, Tommy and Sally's hard boiled cop story, despite <laughs> some recent events, right, was still pretty funny. Yeah, I mean y- you know everybody does the whole good cop bad cop thing for their. For their comedy or whatever. So. Just the fact that this one kind of gets into brutality a little bit, they would, which I, I, I could definitely understand somebody having that rub somebody the wrong way. But I think oh, it was yeah. so far removed from reality, mm-hmm. they were hamming it up so hard that really I couldn't. This generally though was just a goofy, fun Halloween episode of the sitcom, no more, no less. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're out of this, se- when we're out of this uh, this Halloween season, I definitely plan to suggest the series again, and maybe I'll find a more funnier, more sci-fi tinged episode. Maybe the one where Dick has an evil clone. <gasps> Yeah, two 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 John Lithgow is playing against each other. It is oh, magnificent no. tele- magnificent television. That's gonna be a 
That's going to be a thing. Oh, it's, it's so great. Evil Dick like channels Lord Farquaad so much. Oh, my God. Okay, I need it's, to it's, see it's that. It's so good. I love it. So how about you, Leo? How did, how did you feel about this? So um, this is my first experience with Third Rock from the Sun, as I've mentioned. But it, it, so, so this episode did have me laughing quite a bit because I don't know. It was just I was I just it just caught me off guard. I was like, what? Oh, huh. and then, it's, you know. it's high energy. The energy is infectious. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, no, no matter how bad an episode of The Rock Rockman's might be, and there really aren't any like bad, bad ones, mm-hmm. but the energy will get you every time. I'll it's let a, you know if it, I come across a bad one. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe in terms of like social ideas, but like, but like they'll, they'll always be at least kind of funny. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, there are, I, uh, upon first watching it, I noticed that there's a lot of gender shenanigans um, going going on in this whole thing, which is awesome. Um, I've and upon watching more episodes, um, the the sitcom does kind of follow the basic shallow formula about gender roles being some kind of like scientific or innate biological thing. Um, like men are dogs or women are emotional or like you know just simple gender stereotypes like that. Like oh, like when 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 they all get sick and um and and Sally's like oh I've I just want to lay down and curl up in a ball but I still I can't shake this feeling to nurture you guys something mm-hmm. like that and I'm like oh wow well, well what, what, I, what I what I do like appreciate about that and obviously you know it only counts for so much considering I'm this is a male point of view um I, I honestly I've never had that much of a problem with that because uh, they weren't they weren't they, because they were, nobody was forcing Sally to do anything she wanted to like somewhere deep inside of herself she felt like she and maybe and, and maybe that could be an issue with like you know it was the just the the, the social expectations on women mm-hmm. and, and the fact that they they implied that's a thing but yeah. on a character level i think it was fine because like she ultimately wanted to take care yeah. of them yeah um i mean yeah i considered like oh you know they're they're crewmates or whatever so you know of course somebody might be compelled to like take care of the others but at the same time i was like oh because women are more naturally nurturing and yeah caring that, that, than is, that is that is that is that is a little bit of a mess yeah, yeah. um i the, the only thing i push back on that one a little bit is that just the, the whole thing with the show is that um i when we, again this is thing we were talking about off mic um you know maybe they could be a little more like maybe maybe a little less like saying oh this is how this gender is this is how the sexuality is maybe they could be a little less like that mm-hmm. but i think that as a whole i think the rock from the sun it doesn't mean to subvert uh the human experience but it wants to demonstrate the human experience yeah. on, a, on a very on a very on a very basic level so mm-hmm. maybe there are some ideas that are a little immature but so are they i mean they, yeah. they are they they, they 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 don't get past six years old yeah in, in the whole show and at, and at this point they're only like two. Oh my goodness right yeah that's true um i was saying that like you know they are they're not fully formed humans and um what did i say earlier hold on i mm-hmm. think i'm tired oh yeah i did say you know like you know human cult human cultures and like human and, and society can tend to be a little messy so of course, they would be just emulating what they've been seeing, and you know, just just repeating back, parroting back things. Um, so I don't necessarily blame them uh, for for doing this, but it's like I wish we could be a little more creative with gender. Kind of like how this show is a little creative with gender. Um, let me see. Oh, there's also that whole thing where media loves to use alien, to, loves to queer code their aliens or mm-hmm. their monsters and stuff like that. Um, as much as I love dino- uh, dinosaurs, <laughs> different sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> dinosaurs. Got to bring that show up one day. Oh, I love. Uh, we, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> um, as much as I love aliens, 
and all that stuff. I am kind of tired of identifying with androids, aliens, and monsters. And androids, I'm specifically thinking about data. Um, that's my that's my dude right there. Um, but I'll, you know, it can be fun and amusing. Um, it's 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 a li- that dehumanizing aspect of it where it's like, oh, you're different. You're not part. You're not in this. You're not in the main culture. So you're you've got to be like this alien or weirdo outside. That's that. Yeah, that that's not great. That can't feel good. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but you know, it is fun watching cishet actors throw most of what they know about gender stuff out of the way, out of the window. And just kind of vibe and act like they don't know what these boundaries are um, or jokes or what gender is. It's it's nice. It's nice to kind of see that. Um, I would say the episode does hold up pretty well because um, of the what you what you mentioned earlier, but the lack of like the problematic jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, gen- the gender shenanigans. Always funny. I love some gender shenanigans. I'm trying to pull, pull that stuff every every day. <laughs> I am a gender shenanigan. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, it's kind of, it's funny when they're not too like tired and run into the ground. Um, it's just going to happen in the nineties. No matter, no matter, I mean, I mean, Frasier was a pretty progressive show for its time, mm-hmm. but yeah, they get into some stuff sometimes that is messy. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm only a few episodes in, I, I, like I said, I think I'm only like five, six, maybe seven episodes in and, um, there, there's plenty of bits that didn't age well, but as a queer person in a queer relationship, it's funny to laugh at and make fun of some of the dynamics um, from in Third Rock of the from the Sun. Uh, let me see. There's plenty of uh, there's also plenty of material that my girlfriend and I can pick at, analyze, and interpret because that's just something that I love to do. I just love to watch media and like I don't know, talk about it, look into it further. And, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, th- you know, just make theories or whatever. Um, yeah. So uh, I remember mentioning uh, when I when I was when we got to the part where uh, they where they meld the Dick and Harry's uh, plots together. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is kind of camp, isn't it? It's camp, but not. It's kind of gay." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, there's this part. They hear they hear the they hear the they hear the ghosts. And I think and I think and I think and I think they're like, "Hold me, only if you hold me." And yeah. They kinda, yeah, and they kind of like grab onto each other like uh, Shaggy and Scooby Doo. Yeah. Like yeah, it's very it's it's very goopy and over the top. I love it. It's this is a good one. I like. Uh, I mean, I've already started watching it, so I definitely recommend this show to anybody. I'm definitely gonna continue watching and criticizing and relating to the show. So yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. This yeah this episode this episode might not have been like the best one to start on. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad that I'm glad that you felt compelled to to go <laughs> through. But yeah, because because this 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 episode really doesn't get a whole lot. It, it's a, it's a sci-fi sitcom. But it really doesn't get too deep into the fact that they're from another planet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't re- they don't really learn all that much really about like the nature of fear or anything like that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it really is more just like a regular a regular sitcom episode that could have been about anything. Could've, yeah, it could have been about seventy show episode, honestly. Yeah, they mentioned um, aliens, and I'm like, wait, they're aliens in human bodies? Wait a second, and that's yeah, what... it's 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 a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot early on. Yeah, because I know I know early on actually, like, I think in like episode two or three or something. For I, I don't know where actually, uh, they have James Earl Jones come on to do a quick like to do a quick like recap of the of of, of, of like the premise of the show. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they cut it in whatever version you watched. But mm. yeah, it's for like a second at the very beginning. They just kind of like, James Earl Jones comes out of nowhere. What the heck? Gone. It's That's strange. Cool. It's very strange. All right. So we are running quite a bit long. So maybe I think we need to uh, wrap this up. Yeah. Not the longest. They're around an hour, hour 16 right now. Peek behind the curtain, everybody. This is, I mean, we've been doing this for the last few episodes. So, you know. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. 
But that will conclude our eighth episode of Rerun Shuffle. Uh, keep an eye on this podcast network. Uh, make sure to check out some of our other podcasts. We got a Field of View, our uh, sports podcast with Brian Calderon and Jesus Coronel. Um, I also host another show on this network called Six by Six Theater. Uh, it's a show where uh, myself and our arts and entertainment editor, uh, Will L.G. Stevens, the guy with the authoriest guy, uh, authoriest name I know. Hey, well, he is an author, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a novelist. Anyway. Um, okay. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Very authory name. Anyway, um, we, we review a mixture of big and small movies. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, James Bond on Time to Die. This year, we actually did a double header of uh, Halloween Kills and the uh, movie with Matt Damon and Adam Driver, The Last Duel, which is phenomenal. It's a it's a rough watch. It's about rape, but it is, it is, uh, it's, hell, it's a hell of a thing. It's got some strong points to make. Hmm. Really, really fantastic movie. So I would check out that episode and check out that movie. Uh, make sure to visit our website, viewpointsalby.org, for other, you know, our news skews a little local uh, if you're listening from outside of the Inland Empire. But we do also do a lot of other, you know, we'll do media reviews, mm-hmm. we'll do national news. You know, there, 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 is, there is stuff there for everybody. Yeah, sometimes our editorials go uh, uh, hit nationwide stuff, statewide stuff even. You're curious. I only ever write movie reviews. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm qualified for. <laughs> Haven't for a while though. Actually, no. I, there's one that's about to be published from from, from me. This little vampire movie that's I watched true. called uh, Night Teeth. Anyway, enough about me. Um, <laughs> on uh, you, you can also find us on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. Uh, where can the people find you, Leo? The people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. So it's C H U P A C A B R A L underscore. Please DM me. Tell me you love me. Um, tell me I'm the best <laughs> podcast host you've ever heard. <laughs> and if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Nacy Tim. And I also host another podcast outside of this Viewpoints Network. Uh, it's called the Super Awesome Variety Show that I do with my friend Brandon Eska. Uh, a lot of pop culture critique, critique, but also a lot of just late night arguing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can find that on Instagram at Super Awesome Variety Show, on Twitter at SavsPod, and basically wherever you can find your podcast. Odds are, wherever you found this podcast, uh, Savs will be there too. Yeah. Uh, the language is quite a bit saltier. I, we do not censor ourselves there, so fair warning. <laughs> and uh, also, if you are listening to this on Spotify, uh, you can you can scroll down a little bit, and we have polls to let us know if you agree with our take on this show. Uh, we also have an area where you can DM us through Spotify and you can tell us about, you know, and, and maybe 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 angles that you picked up on mm-hmm. that we may have missed. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, I think that'll about do it for us. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye.